You're listening to the BCHL Podcast, the official podcast of the BCHL. Into the goal, he scores! He scores! And they just win by four! Driving to the net, he scores! From his backhand to his forehand, a shorthanded breakaway. Right in, scores! Shoots his block, third hand, Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Scores! Ozark wins it! Overtime winners! Now, here's your host, Jesse Adamson. Hey there, welcome to the BCHL Podcast. I am your host, Jesse Adamson. We're back again with two more interviews for you today as we put the focus on the BCHL season, which kicked off over the weekend as well as the NCAA National Tournament as we are down to the Frozen Four. But first things first, I just want to mention that the BCHL podcast is presented by Fortis BC. Fortis BC is a longtime sponsor of the BC Hockey League, and we couldn't be happier to have them on board the podcast. Fortis BC partners with the league on a number of initiatives, including the Fortis BC Energy Player of the Game. Awarded to one player along with the three stars at the conclusion of each BCHL game. You can find the Fortis BC Energy Player standings on the BCHL website. And it will be posted once a week, every Monday, on the BCHL social media channels. So thanks again to Fortis BC for their continued support of the BCHL. Well, let's get things started. Our two guests this week are Victoria Grizzlies forward and BCHL Player of the Week, Ellis Rickwood and Minnesota State University forward and former Penticton V, Ryan Sandlin. We start with Rickwood, who has been turning heads so far through three games in the BCHL season. He had quite the regular season debut on Friday, as he scored four times in Victoria's 6-5 shootout win over the Alberni Valley Bulldogs. Since then, he's played two more games and scored one goal in each contest, and currently leads the league with six total goals. We caught up with Rickwood the day after his most recent game to talk about his hot start, his hopes to get an NCAA scholarship, and another member in his family who is also quite the hockey player as well. So let's go to it right now. All right, Alice, the first thing I want to ask you about, uh, your BCHL debut last Friday was a pretty impressive game. Uh, You scored four goals, your first regular season game in a win over Alberni Valley. Uh, How would you describe that, uh, that debut for you? Um, yeah, I think it was, uh, it was, it was really fun as it was happening. Um, I think uh, a lot of credit goes to my line mates. Um, they were, they were finding me, giving me the puck. And I think, uh, I just was, was fine in the back of the net and, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's not like it was a one-off. You followed that up with one goal in each of your next two games as well. Uh, you were named BCHL player of the week after the opening weekend. You currently lead the league with six goals on the season. Um, how, how have you been able to be so successful so far and in, in putting the puck in the back of the net? Um, I think a lot of it's just, uh, just habits and being in the right place at the right time. Um, and also, like I said before, my line mates, um, they've been able to find me and I think I've been in the, been in the right spots and just, uh, have been able to score. 
Yeah, you mentioned your line mates. So um, you, I know you're playing with Alex DiPaolo and, and Henri Schreifels. Um, what, what's it been like skating alongside them? And what, what's that chemistry been like for you guys? Obviously, uh, it's at a pretty high level right now. Um, yeah, I think the chemistry's uh, been built over the three or four months we've been practicing. And uh, they're both 20-year-olds that have been in the league for uh, a couple of years. And they've just been they've been showing me the way and helping me out. And obviously... Uh, from the practice, our chemistry has been really good and they're just, they're really fun to play with. Yeah. I want I want to follow up on that a little bit. You mentioned they're both 20 year olds. Both guys have over a hundred games in the BCHL under the, their belt. Uh, they're both committed to NCAA division one programs. What can you learn by playing a, alongside players like that? I think just their, uh, their tendencies and attention to detail. They just, they do everything right. And, um, just playing with them makes me elevate my game. And I think, uh, just all of us elevate our game for each other. And, um, we're all, uh, unselfish players. We're not, uh, we're not hogging the puck or anything. And so when we use each other, we're really effective. So your, your hot start to the regular season shouldn't be entirely surprising to people who've been following the league. Uh, in the exhibition season, you were the third leading scorer, 21 points in 15 games, actually just behind a couple of your teammates. Um, so why do you think you were able to come in and have a significant impact right away? Um, I think a big thing is just the, the league really complements my playing style. I think it's a very uh, offensive, skillful league and, I think um, it's obviously very fast and I think I just adapted really quickly and um, I just had success from that. And I was playing, I was playing uh, on the first power play. And I think a lot of my points were coming from that playing with the top guys. And um, I think just, yeah, the playing style and everything really complemented my game. Uh, so the Grizzlies are tied for the most goals scored in the uh, in the regular season now. And back in the exhibition, you guys were also tied for the most goals scored as well. Um, what What's it been like playing on a team that's been so offensive this year? Like, how, how have you guys been able to be so productive uh, as a whole? Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a lot of fun um, scoring goals. And I think we're just... We're just a really skillful team that uh, uh, we excel in the offensive zone and we're in the right spots and we, we're scoring a lot of goals. Uh, so you started, like I mentioned, with with a great preseason and it looked like you were ready to carry that into the regular season. But then obviously things got shut down and the delay lasted until just last weekend. Uh, so what's that been like for you, given that you had such a great start, but then had to wait uh, over four months really to play meaningful hockey again? Um, yeah, I think it was definitely... Uh definitely pretty challenging because when you're when you're off to a hot start like that it, uh, it was pretty cool and then for everything gets shut down you uh, you're kind of thinking like oh i waiting all this time what if i'm not in the same groove as i was before but i didn't really focus on that i just focused on getting better every day because we were practicing five days a week throughout the whole thing and we're doing skills and power skating and i really just focused on getting those little things better so that when uh it came playing time. I was ready to go. Yeah. What, what are some of those little things? What, what were you maybe working on during that downtime? And have you noticed, um, improvements from the start of the year to now? I think just my skating we've done, we do power skating every week with, uh, our skating coach. And I really tried to focus on that. And also just throughout the week, just the little things like stick handling and shot. Um, just if you really, if you put the time in and the effort in, you'll get, you'll get stuff out of it. And that's what I really tried to focus on. 
You mentioned the power play earlier. I know um, a lot of your production has come on the power play. You seem to excel in that role. Uh, in your setup, like where where do you set up on the power play, and kind of how do you approach um, being out there with a man advantage? Um, yeah, so I I play in front of the net and uh, in bumper, and me and uh, Andre Scheifels we kind of switch back and forth depending on uh, which side of the ice the puck is on for. Um, for our one timer side. And really we're just, we're trying to move the puck around and, um, get a guy open for a shot. We're not trying to make too many, too many fancy plays. We're just trying to make the simple plays and get shots. And I think that's, what's, uh, what's been effective. Prior to this year, you were with the, the Hamilton Kilty bees of the greater Ontario junior hockey league, the G O J H L. Uh, there's a long list of players that came from that league and have, have then come out to the BCHL and went on to have success in the league. And then at the next level as well, what can you say about uh, playing in that league and what it did to prepare you to come out here? Um, yeah, I think it was a great developmental year. And I think that's one of the big things of that league is just development. And, um, being there as a 17 year old, I, I wanted to be on that team because I was promised a high spot on the team and I was playing first line as a 17 year old. And I think that was really beneficial because you could have gone to like a higher team and not played, but I went there and uh, I got to play on the first line and just really focused. What I wanted to do was come out West and that's, uh, that's what I was kind of doing the whole year. Just making sure I, uh, did well enough to have an opportunity to come out West and play. And then what was it about the Grizzlies that uh, maybe you thought would be a good fit for you? What was that uh, process like deciding where you, where exactly you were going to play? Um, yeah, I, I, uh, well, one of the big things with Victoria is obviously a great place to be just with the weather and stuff. But I know the, the great amount of talent that has come through Victoria with new hook and Jamie Ben and everything. And I think, uh, just with the talks I have with the team, they, uh, they said I was going to be playing up high in the lineup, which I like, just like I did the year before. And um, I think it was a no-brainer to come here. So I just want to switch gears here real quick. So uh, I, I know your your sister, Emily, is also a really good hockey player. She's a defenseman at the University of New Hampshire. Uh, what can you say about her game and what type of player she is? Um, yeah, she's a, she's a very offensive defenseman and uh, she likes to she likes to take risks and make plays. And I think um, that's one of the reasons she's uh, got so far in hockey and where she is because she's very, uh, very offensive and very like likes to make plays. And um, yeah, she's good at doing it. And what's your relationship like with her? Like, I, I'm sure it must be interesting to have a, a high level athlete like that in the family as well as yourself. Um, what's what's your relationship like with your sister? Um, yeah, it's really good. And one of the big things was I saw, uh, I got to see firsthand her go through her recruiting process with, uh, what a uh, school she wanted to go to and, um, just being able to see that firsthand with her, uh, deciding which school to go to really helps me cause it, uh, I just got to see it firsthand. So yeah, that, that kind of leads me into my next questions here. So this five week season that we have set up here, uh, even more than ever, it's about allowing players to showcase their talents for scouts at the next level. Um, with, with so much of the focus this year on scouting and, uh, obviously there's no fans in the stands, but, but there are scouts at the games and, and watching online. Um, and, and you're someone who is looking to secure that scholarship. How do you approach that and not maybe put too much pressure on yourself, uh, given that it's such a short amount of time this year? Um, 
Yeah, I think like I'm I'm pretty young, so I think my timeline I have I have lots of time, and really it's just uh, hockey's been a part of my life for so long, and I just I love playing it. So really, I just go out there, and when you get on the ice, nothing else really matters other than playing hockey. And then, what would it mean to you to actually get that scholarship? Either whether it's the end of this season or, or next season and beyond, what would it mean to you to get that um, secured going forward? I think it would it'd just be a dream come true, and it'd mean a lot to not just me but my family because they're uh, they've sacrificed a lot for me to play hockey all the way up from when I was young, and especially being out here now. And I think just for my whole family, it'd be really really special. So for this pod season, uh, the Grizzlies are obviously part of the the Port Alberni pod, along with a lot of the other island teams. Um, you, you've seen a lot of them in the preseason. You're you're seeing a lot of them now. What if, what can you say about those rivalries that are uh, on on Vancouver Island? Um, yeah, they're definitely uh, definitely some great games. We uh, especially with uh, Port Alberni, I think, is probably our number one rival because in the preseason. And even uh, the two games we've had so far in the pod season, we've had really close games. And in the preseason, I think we had two or three shootouts and a couple overtimes. We've already had one shootout this year. And I think just those games are uh, really cool to be in when they're going to overtime and shootout. And it's uh, it's definitely a cool experience and all the pressure is pretty cool. So the Grizzlies are, are two and one after three games. You're... I know it's early looking at the standings, but you're tied with Nanaimo who, who also have four points after two games um, through, through those first three games that you guys have played. What's your impressions of the team and maybe the potential that you guys have for the rest of the season here? Um, yeah, I think we, uh, we definitely haven't played to, to our potential yet. And we got a very, very old team. And I think if, uh, if we just stick to our game plan and play our game, we should be able to win every game. Last question for you. So obviously right now there we're just set up for the, the five weeks of the season. There isn't um, a playoff planned at this point. We're obviously leaving that open uh, if we are allowed to do it. Uh, but without that in place, um, how has the team approached this season? Um, like what kind of a mindset do you have uh, coming into these games? Um, yeah, I think everyone's uh, just really excited to play these games because we're all yeah. We had to wait for the season to finally happen. And uh, regardless of knowing if there's a playoff or anything, uh, we all want to win. We all want to take this time, get better, and a lot of us to showcase ourselves. And everyone's going to play the best they can. Everyone's going to play the best they can to do that. All right, Ellis. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. Congrats on your uh, early season success here and uh, all the best going forward. All right. Thank you very much. Big thanks to Ellis Rickwood for joining us on the podcast. Next up is a conversation with Minnesota State University sophomore and Penticton V's alumnus, Ryan Sandlin. Sandlin was a huge part of the Mavericks' two victories in the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament. He was the overtime hero in the Mavericks' dramatic come-from-behind win over Quinnipiac University in their first game of the tournament and then followed that up with a goal and an assist performance in their second game, which was a win over the University of Minnesota, which allowed them to advance to the Frozen Four. 
Sandlin played two years in Penticton from 2017 to 2019 before heading off to college, including one season where he averaged a point a game with 51 points and 51 contests. Ryan's dad, Scott Sandlin, is also the head coach at Minnesota Duluth, so if things go well for both of them, they could end up facing off in the national championship game. We chat with Ryan about his impressive first weekend of the NCAA tournament, his relationship with his father, and what it's like for him to get to play college hockey in his home state of Minnesota. All right, Ryan, um, you and uh, your team at Minnesota State, you're coming off a, a pretty huge weekend uh, at the NCAA tournament. Uh, first things first, you scored the OT winner in the first game of the tournament last weekend. Um, can you maybe just describe how that play came together for you? Yeah, Brendan uh, Furry circled the zone, made a great move towards the middle, middle of the rink, uh, tried to get it to the net. Uh, had a crack at the rebound, just didn't quite get her in. Uh, ended up getting knocked over, and Reggie Lutz just kind of came around the net. And uh, I was just kind of watching the play the whole time. I was really hoping when, when he threw it out front, it would just bank off their defender and go in just for him, and maybe we'd win the game right there. And then the guy was holding on my stick, so I just kind of headed towards the net. And luckily for me, the puck was just kind of laying there, and all I had to do was bang it in. And uh, from there, the rest was kind of a blur. So, yeah, kind of a cool moment. And, uh, we were just super excited. We were moving on to play Sunday night. That goal gave your program its first ever win in the tournament. Uh, how special was it for you and your teammates to achieve that for your program? Yeah, it was huge. Uh, they'd kind of been that stereotype of, uh, of our program that, uh, really good regular season team, but just couldn't quite get it done when it mattered most. So, I think it was just a huge, huge moment for our program to kind of, kind of show that hey, we can we can win games when it matters, and uh, I think we we proved that and doubled down on it on Sunday when we when we beat Minnesota, go to the Frozen Four, and uh, just really excited to be a part of this team. It's pretty special. Anytime you can you can advance to the Frozen Four, so just uh, it was it was a pretty big moment for for everyone involved. That first game, the the one where you scored the OT winner, that was quite quite a crazy game uh, for the people that uh, aren't aware. You guys were down two nothing early to Quinnipiac, uh, down three one in the third period. Um, how were you able to come back and and take the take the win that game? Yeah, uh, we didn't have our best start. Uh, we, we we kind of fell behind early, and uh, you know we'd kind of been trending that way with our starts for a while. But I felt like we really got to our game plan in the second period and really took it to them. And then, you know, once it made it 3-1, it could have been easy for us to just kind of pack in and, and say, hey, this might not be our day. But uh, we just we just kind of stuck with our game plan, stuck with it. We've been getting really good chances. And, you know, we got a couple bounces. And fortunately enough, uh, Jake Livingstone made a great play to, to, to Borch to tie the game. And, you know, that's all you need. Once well, you know, once you get into overtime, it's, it's just next shot wins. And I think that just says a lot about our team. There's no quit. We weren't going to just just lay down and, and, and let them take, take it. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just a great job by all the guys just believe in, believe in each other and believe, believe in our game plan. And, you know, fortunately enough, we were able to tie the game and then win it in OT. Yeah. You led me perfectly to my next question there. I was going to mention Jake Livingstone. Obviously he's a player you would have been familiar with coming in, uh, 
Jake played for for a few years for the Langley Rivermen. You were in Penticton at the time, um, and he, yeah, he put, he made an unreal play on that tying goal to send it to overtime. He went end to end and dished it out front for the tying goal late. Uh, what's impressed you about his game this year and and how he's made his transition to college hockey? You know, he's uh he's just a really really level headed kid. He loves to be around the rink, and you know, you can just kind of tell. Uh, it just kind of translates to his game. He's He's just so smart with the puck. He's uh, he's, he's kind of got the whole package. He can shoot it, make great plays under pressure. Uh, him and Reese Samolik just they defend so well together. They're they're such a great tandem. And you know when when I found out that he was uh, he was committed to our program my, uh, last year when you decided to come here, uh, I was super excited. I played against him for two years in the BC and just I'd gotten firsthand experience playing against him, and I, I knew he was a really special player and. You know, I think he showed that this past weekend. He's been he's been thrown into top four role, just like just like Akito and Rossi. They've they've both been playing huge minutes for us from the time they stepped on campus, and you know it shows uh, what kind of a player what kind of players they are. They're they're big time players, and you know there's a reason they're having success. And uh, I'm just really happy for them. So after that win over Quinnipiac, the next day you faced off against the University of Minnesota, uh, who were the top seeds in your region and uh, a likely favorite to make it to the Frozen Four. But you guys ended up winning pretty convincingly. You beat them for nothing. Um, how do you? Uh, how were you guys able to have so much success against uh, such a good team like that? Uh, I think we. Uh, I think we really just stuck to our game plan. You know, like I said against Quinnipiac, we didn't really get off to the best start. We we were kind of chasing the game a little bit. So, so getting that first goal was, was huge for our team. And, you know, um, we just kind of ran with it from there. Uh, you know, they're a fast team. They, they like to make a lot of skill plays. So we really put an emphasis in our game plan on just staying over top of guys, not, not letting guys just, just walk past you up the rink, always staying over the puck and just making sure we have five guys back defending. And I felt like the whole game, we just, we really stuck to that and really, really uh, executed on that game plan really well. And then obviously just, playing with the lead we just had to play smart hockey from there um that was probably the biggest thing in our game plan is just we knew how talented they were but we felt like if we if we came in and executed and stayed on top of their guys and didn't didn't give them any clean looks uh we'd have a pretty good shot to win and we did that on sunday so sticking with the tournament, uh, your dad, Scott Sandlin, is the head coach at Minnesota Duluth, and they obviously had quite the night on Saturday as well. Uh, they beat North Dakota in five overtimes in the, the longest game in tournament history. Uh, were you able to catch that one? Did you did you stay up and watch? Yeah, I uh, I ended up catching the end of the third period, and then I, I watched all five overtimes. So it's pretty cool to, to see them go through that game. I know I have a lot of a lot of friends on that team. My roommate from Pentec and Luke Mohite was uh, was playing for UMD, so it was pretty exciting to see uh, see them move on at the end of the day. And obviously, you're focused on the task at hand. But were you able to talk to your dad afterwards and get his take on on that game? Uh, no, I I I ended up uh, heading to bed once once they uh, once they scored the OT winner. But he, he shot me a text after, and then I talked to him the next morning. So. Obviously, really excited for for their team, and he was uh, he was just glad they were moving on. So on the on the broadcast the next day, they spoke about you and your dad, um, and they mentioned how when when it was time for you to decide what school you wanted to go to, uh, you told them that you'd rather not play for him. 
Uh, obviously, you guys have a good relationship from from what uh, you're telling me now. But what went into that decision um, to to want to go kind of in a different direction and play at a different program? Um, you know, he's just got a lot on his plate as a coach. Uh, I know there's a lot of extra baggage, especially if I were to play there. Just just being being his son and stuff. So I just felt like for his sake and mine, it would just be easier for me, for me to go and create my own college experience away from home. And, you know, obviously nothing against their program They're They're right now. They're the best program in college hockey, but, um, you know, just going and making my own friends, having my own experience was really important to me. And at the end of the day, that's kind of what it boiled down to. And, you know, in a way he still coaches me, he watches my games, uh, watches my shift goes over goes over a little bit of video and whatnot so you know i still get i still get that coaching from him in a sense but um yeah just making my own experience creating my own path is really important to me and that's kind of what it boiled down to at the end of the day just want to quickly go back to your your days in the bc hockey league so you played two years in the bchl from 2017 to 2019 um with penticton uh what made you want to come play uh, in the bchl um, I'd been traded in USHL, uh, my senior year of high school. So I ended up in Bloomington and then that's when coach Harbinson gave me a call to come and check out the facilities and just kind of see what the team was all about. And they happened to be in the Western Canada cup at the time. So, you know, getting to experience that firsthand and see, see the community fired up for the V's during, during a playoff run was, uh, it, it was pretty convincing for me. I mean, the second I left, I was, I was pretty set on, coming up there and you know it's hard not to to see what they have in terms of the rank facilities fans coaching staff you know it's hard hard to see that and uh know you might be getting that anywhere else in junior hockey and uh i was just really fortunate coach harbinson gave me the call to uh just come and check it out and i'm just so grateful for my time there it was uh it was it was really influential and the player player in person i am today so so you had a pretty solid first year when you got to Penticton, but you really came into your own that second season. You were a point a game, fifty-one points, fifty-one games. Uh, what what can you attribute to that that jump in production over uh, year to year? I would say uh, familiarity would, would be one. Just just I'd never lived away from home, so you know, getting to be back with the same billet family. Going to shout out my billet family on that one. The Dambies, they're 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 spectacular. <laughs> group of people. Um, I can't say enough good things about them. So, you know, just being able to go back to the same billet house and not have to get acclimated to living with new people was obviously a huge, huge advantage for me. Um, you know, I just, I know, I know how things work coming into that second year. And then, you know, the, the training staff did a great job of just outlining ways for me to be successful and things that things will work on over the summer. They, uh, they worked on getting me faster, leaning out a lot. And, uh, and then just opportunity coach Harvinson gave me a, more opportunity, a little more power play time and whatnot. And, and then from that point, the ball was kind of in my court to just kind of run with it. And I was fortunate enough to play with some great players who, uh, who really helped me grow into my own. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a really great two years. So when you look back at that time and, and how your college career started, how did playing for Penticton help prepare you for the next level? Um, I think coach Harbinson and coach Hastings here at Minnesota state are extremely similar. Uh, they're, they're both really hard on the details of the game and just bringing effort attitude, having a good work ethic, all the, all those types of important things around the rink and off the rink 
And, um, you know, I think just having two coaches that were extremely similar really made the transition easy for me. And then obviously just the speed of the game was, uh, that was a little bit of a transition, but playing in the interior division, I felt like that was a, that was a huge advantage for me coming into, into college hockey. So, um, yeah, that's, those, those are probably two of the biggest things that helped me transition into the college game. So getting back to the tournament now, looking ahead, you have a matchup with St. Cloud State. Uh, they're up next for you guys. Uh, they looked really impressive in their two wins over Boston College and Boston University last weekend. What are you expecting from that matchup? You know, they got a lot of speed. Um, they got speed up and down their lineup. They got a season group just like us. Uh, you know, they play in the NCHC, so, so they're definitely – They've been battle tested. They're they'll be ready to go. They're they're well coached by Coach Larson up at St. Cloud. So, you know, uh, we're expecting speed, gritty game. Uh, I think two teams play pretty similar styles. Uh, they got a really good power play, and um, you know, I'm just we're all looking forward to the to the opportunity to compete. And I think it should be a great matchup out there. So there are three Minnesota-based teams in the Frozen Four. There's your team, there's Duluth, and St. Cloud. Uh, you're a Minnesota native yourself. What can you say about uh, the hockey scene there in the state of Minnesota and what it means to have so much representation in the Frozen Four this year? Yeah, it's it, it's pretty special to be to have three teams go. And, you know, I know the whole state was just super excited that five teams got to play in the NCAA tournament in itself. And, you know, just to have three teams move on to the frozen four is, is something special. Uh, you know, all the, all the guys from all five programs know each other pretty well. We've either played together against each other, gone to camps with each other and whatnot. So, you know, just to see guys from all over the state, uh, and the programs just have success is obviously pretty cool. And, uh, you know, it, it, it'll be a big week in Pittsburgh for the state of Minnesota. You know, we pride ourselves on being the state of hockey, and I think uh, we proved that this weekend with uh, three teams moving on. Last question for you. Um, Minnesota State's obviously a program on the rise. You guys just got your, your first tournament win, and now you're moving on to the Frozen Four. Uh, what's it like being a part of a program that appears to have such a bright future? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's obviously pretty special. Um, you know, I think I think the past weekend in Loveland is going to be something that puts us on the map. We felt uh, going into the tournament that you know not a lot of teams uh, thought thought we we had what it takes, thought we were legit, and you know, um, just earning respect was a big big chip on our shoulder for us. We wanted to earn a little bit of respect in college hockey. We we've been known as just the team to have a good regular season, but never be able to get it done when it matters. So. I think uh, I think for moving on to the Frozen Four, it's it's obviously pretty special, and I think it's going to impact the program and just the community of Mankato itself positively for years to come. And you know, just just to know I have at least two more years here left is uh, obviously extremely exciting, and I, I can't wait to see what lies ahead for for me and for the rest of the program. Great, Ryan. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, congratulations on your success last weekend, and best of luck going forward in the tournament. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, that does it for another episode of the BCHL podcast. Thank you very much to my two guests, Ryan Sandlin and Ellis Rickwood. Another thanks to Fortis BC, who is the presenting sponsor of the BCHL podcast. And finally, as usual, a big thanks to our producer, Greg Ballack, for putting this thing together. With the BCHL now back in action, 
Make sure you're signed up for BCHL TV so you don't miss out on any of the action. You can find a full schedule and links to the broadcasts at bchltv.ca. Thanks everyone for listening. Talk to you next week.